0: This week is Parshas T. Sisa, and it's also the week of Purim. And I want to talk about one of the kind of striking elements and surprising and very unusual elements of this holiday. We're told that there's four mitzvos that we have to fulfill on this holiday. Number one, we got to read the Megillah, the story of the Book of Esther. We read it twice, once at night of Purim, once by day of Purim. There is additionally a mitzvah to have a lavish feast, a su'uda. We're also commanded to give gifts to poor people. And finally, the fourth major mitzvah is to give gifts to each other, to give the Mishloch to each other. But in the Talmud and in the Jewish law, there is another mitzvah, another requirement that we must fulfill on this holiday, and that is to get absolutely stone drunk. The Talmud tells us in the book of Megillah on page 7b, Ravat says, Mechaiv Inish a person has to drink on Purim until he does not know the difference between Aru Haman, cursed is Haman, Libarach Mordechai, to barach Mordechai is blessed. You have to get so smashed, so inebriated beyond belief that you don't know the difference between blessed is Mordechai. Mordechai, of course, is the great hero of the story. He's the one who helps ensure that the Jewish people survive from the attempts at genocide and annihilation of the Jewish people. He is the righteous person. He's the tzaddik. He's a member of the Sanhedrin. You have to not know the difference between he- Mordechai is blessed and Haman, who, of course, is the heir to a mullet. He's the prime minister of the empire who tries to destroy the Jewish people. He's the one who is the equivalent of Hitler. He hates the Jewish people with a passion, with a fiery passion. He wants to kill us. And he, of course, is cursed. And on Purim, you have to not distinguish between the two. You have to be so removed from sanity because of alcohol that you don't know the difference between the two. So, as a general rule Mitzvahs don't really sound like this. Our religion is not a very hedonistic one. It's very, it's very cerebral. We're about doing mitzvahs and recognizing God and and doing good deeds and and studying Torah. It, it seems so out of place to be given such a bizarre mitzvah that we're supposed to drink to drink alcohol to drink so much that even the most basic distinctions between good and evil are muddled. So what's the meaning? Behind us Now, just as an aside, the sources tell us, the Ramah, the, in the Halacha, the Butch, that says that the workaround uh, to this is that you drink a little bit more than you normally need to or that you normally are accustomed to. And then you fall asleep. And when you're sleeping, you're, you're unconscious. You don't know what's going on. And therefore, you don't know the difference between the two. Of course, it's important to not drink and drive. And you can't pray, you can't daven while you're drunk. So there are other concerns that, of course, you have to be aware. But as a general rule, it's something which is odd. In fact, there's a somewhat of an amusing story in the Talmud where the two great rabbis were partaking in a Purim celebration together. And one of them got so drunk that he picked up a knife and he stabbed his partner and he killed him. And the Talmud says the next day he's sobered up and he finds out what's happening. His partner, his friend, his study partner is dead because he killed him on Purim when he was drunk. And the Talmud says that they prayed and they managed to resuscitate him and it brought him back to life. And the following year, this these two colleagues... One of them said to the other one, okay, why don't you come back to my house this year for Purim? Remember how much fun it was last year? And he responds, I'm sorry. I'm not going to take my chances again. Uh, You have uh, a penchant for uh, uh, doing some really odd things when you're drunk. And therefore, I don't want to have any part of it. I'll find some other host for my Purim celebration. Now, as an aside, you know, we know the rabbis tend to not be the most violent people. So even if someone is drunk, unless they have a violent streak to them, it's not likely that they're going to do something as extreme, as stabbing some other person, innocent person, and killing them. So what's the meaning behind this? I want to suggest that uh, when people are drunk, and we're told this in the Talmud as well, their true essence surfaces. And therefore, if someone is really immersed in Torah, and immersed in mitzvos, and immersed in spiritual, pursuits, then on Purim, that's what comes to the the forefront. So what would happen? You have two great rabbis, they're committed to Torah study, and that's what they do all the time. And therefore, when they're drunk, what do they do? They probably study Torah together. And the Talmud says elsewhere that great Torah scholars, when they study Torah, it's not like a civil debate of inconsequential matters. No. If you are arguing with your study mate with your study partner, with your chavrusa about Torah, you have to be all in. You're all committed to it. And the Talmud says, the book of Tradition, that even parents and children, if they study Torah properly, they have to get so committed to their position. If you believe you're right and your study partner disagrees, you got to fight it out. There's no room for civil obedience. No, this is Torah. This is how you study Torah. And the Talmud says that done properly, study partners should begin to hate each other. It amidst the argument, if if I'm arguing with you and I'm convinced that I'm right and you're convinced that you're right, we have to duke it out, even if it means that I, I start to dislike you because I, I feel you're wrong and I'm right. So the Talmud says that when they're studying, they start to hate each other, but when they finish, they start loving each other. So what I, what I suggest happened over here by that fateful Purim, the two rabbis got so drunk and they started arguing about Torah. And they really got into it and they started to hate each other and lacking the inhibitions that they normally have while sober, he couldn't stand. One rabbi couldn't stand the other rabbi and he just grabbed a knife and started attacking him. And and that's why he killed him. The rabbi knew that. He says, okay, next I'm not taking the chances. I'm not coming back to your party. And yeah, that's a little bit of a story about drinking on Purim. But what's the meaning behind it? So I want to give a few suggestions. The Talmud tells us in the book of Shabbos, page 88a, or we mentioned this last week, that on Purim, the Jewish people re-accepted the Torah out of love. At Sinai, the first initial acceptance of the Torah was done under duress. There was a gun to our head. The Almighty took the mountain, put it upside down upon us like a barrel. We had to accept it or else we would have died. Purim, we renewed our vows, but this time we accepted the Torah out of love. What is Torah? Torah is the will of God. So what's the relationship that we have with Torah? When a human comes to God and says, I want to study your Torah, essentially what they're saying is, it's an act of submission. It's an act of humility. It's an act of saying, this is wisdom and knowledge that comes from God, creator of heaven and earth, and that supersedes human wisdom and human knowledge and human intuition, human everything. God is so much more advanced intellectually, therefore, when I come and I have to say, okay, I want to see what God has to say in the Torah, and I'm going to absorb it. But that demands that you have to initially suspend the characteristic of thinking that you are all-knowing. You're not on the same playing field as God. If God has a, has a position in the Torah and you have an opinion that disagrees, you are not equals for you to duke it out. One of the biggest problems, according to the Talmud, of someone studying Torah or the biggest risks, dangers inherent in studying Torah is that someone could try to start their relationship with Torah with preconceived outcomes that they are desirous of. So suppose I have an agenda. If I have an agenda... And I say, okay, I'm going to try to jimmy my agenda into the words of the text or the words of the Torah. That not only is it corrupt, but it undermines the whole essence of what Torah is. If Torah is from God, then my opinion on a given matter carries no weight because it doesn't have, I shouldn't, ha- I don't have a say. With relationship to what God is saying. And therefore, I have to approach and say, okay, I want to understand the truth of what God is saying over here, not to say I want to impose what I want on God. And therefore, what happens? On Purim, we're going to reach reset the Torah. What do we do? How do we ensure that our narrow viewpoint is not imposed upon Torah? We get drunk. When you get drunk, you lose your mind. You lose your inhibitions. All those normal filters cease operating. You don't have an opinion. You can't form a cogent perspective on anything. We're reminding ourselves every Purim that if we want to really accept the Torah, we have to learn that we're not legislating from the bench. We have to faithfully accept the Torah without contributing what we are saying to it, without saying, I want to impose my will on Torah, to, to accept it where we're drunk. We're suspending our Thinking process, we have no say in the matter, we are a blank slate, we're a clean slate, and we want to hear what God has to say on this matter. I want to, su- I want to suggest a, a second explanation for this bizarre mitzvah. And I think if you actually read the precise words of the instruction, I think it's a little bit misrepresented. The actual words are, you have to drink on Purim till you don't know the difference between Aror Haman, Haman is cursed, Libarach Mordechai. De Mordechai is blessed. I think people misinterpret what this means. People assume that what this is saying is that you have to drink till you don't know the difference between Mordechai and Haman. You don't know which one's the good guy and which one's the bad guy. But if you read the words precisely, it doesn't say that. It says you don't know the difference between Haman is cursed or Mordechai is blessed. So suppose you have two things. You know what thing one is. You know what thing two is. You just don't know the difference between the two of them. I think what the Talmud and the Halakha is actually telling us is that, of course, you recognize that Mordechai is, is the righteous one. He is the tzaddik, and Haman is the wicked one. Of course, you know that. But you don't know the difference between the two. And There is a philosophical dilemma that we can have. We could say, oh, you know what's important? It's important to eschew and reject evil. You know what else is important? It's important to embrace and do mitzvot and do righteousness. Well, which one's more important? What's the difference between the two? Which one brings us closer to God? That is a philosophical dilemma for a different day. On Purim, the love of God has to be so pervasive that everything really that brings you close to God is good. Everything that brings you away from God is bad. And you're not thinking about which one of those is more important. There's The the nitpicky perspective of what's better? Is it better to embrace good? Is it better to do mitzvahs? Or is it better to refrain from bad, to refrain from restrictions? That is not what we're supposed to do on Purim. When there's real love evident in a relationship, then The philosophical aspects of what is contributing more to this love, is it this, is it that, it doesn't matter. That's not the equations that we do on that day. So maybe that would explain what we're trying to achieve by getting drunk. By getting drunk, you slightly take the edge off the philosophical veneer that we have surrounding us uh, usually, So those those are some of my uh, thoughts on this mitzvah, and I hope everyone has a wonderful, happy, healthy, and hearty Purim and is able to connect to the story and to the mitzvahs of the day in a meaningful way. Drink responsibly, drink safely, and I'll see you next time.